Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is Bischoff and Brown. I'm Russ Brown. With me, as always, Scott Bischoff, my man. How are you? I'm old. We were talking about that a few minutes ago. Um, just so everybody knows, I was drinking legally before Russ was born, and um, that's how that's how we we started this this whole thing off. Kind of laughing about that that the, uh, the the I don't know why I'm telling everybody this, but whatever. Um, yeah, so um, I'm good. How are you? No, I'm I'm all, I mean I'm outside of the Lions losing last week. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm doing wonderful. Um, you know, it's a Wednesday evening. We got some coffee going and ready to talk about the, a team that embarrassed us and em- embarrassed the you know the whole fan base, but specifically us because we are on record going out and saying that we're not too worried about Baltimore. And we need to own that. Yeah, and we are. We we are going to. I mean, I. I I thought maybe we learned from the Seattle game with high expectations and all of that stuff. Maybe we didn't or try again. Maybe we just were down the right frame of mind or, you know, whenever they collect ball for me, so point moves to five and two and they get dismantled 38 to six. Um, I, I, I don't even know where to start on this. I mean, we can we can go with the defense stuff if, if we want, because I think that's probably a lot quicker than some of the offensive woes. Uh, but defensively, you know, Lamar just shredded him. He kind of had his way. He did really whatever he wanted. There was, you know, one the second touchdown of the game. He had ten seconds to throw the ball. Yeah. Um, from from your perspective, from watching all twenty two to watching just the game live or just a replay of the game, whatever it is, what was your spin or takeaway defensively for Detroit? What to why Lamar and and why these scrambling quarterbacks, these mobile quarterbacks, kind of have their way with with Aaron Glenn and and this Lions defense. You know, I don't know, and it's a great question. Um, it wasn't even like Lamar Jackson beat them with his legs, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he did do was paralyze their defenders. Yeah. You know, and and it was almost like um, paralyzed them with the threat of running, and then he would just kind of flip the ball out somewhere, and you know, wherever the ball went to, he was in. You know, they were in space, and they were gone. Uh, I, and I think that's it's something that everybody needs to recognize with Lamar Jackson is that he's, he's, you know, the narrative is that he's a running quarterback first, but he's really good in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a scenario where people can find the quote, but Aaron Glenn talked openly last week about wanting to keep him there. And, you know, I mean, so the way I, I just saw that as a game in which, Lamar could have Lamar Jackson could have beat the Lions throwing the ball. He could have beat the Lions running the ball. Yeah. Um, they probably could have handed the ball off and kind of dominated dominated the Lions on that on that particular day. It just and you know, we're in a, we're in and around football. Sometimes it just happens. Like you just, you know, you lay an egg kind of thing. Um and that particular situation you did it both offensively and defensively where I don't know how you felt watching it but like 
before that game was 14 nothing i thought we're you know there isn't there hasn't been a flicker yet i think the lions ran i think they were 3 3 and outs and they were down 21 to nothing in the first yeah. quarter early early ish and it was just yeah you know so some of the defensive struggles i you know th- i know they mentioned it dan campbell talked about how there was just too much cushion yeah and i don't that's i mean that has to be a, an Aaron Glenn thing, but I but I also get why they would play so far off, uh, trying to keep everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is, you know, you play you play off enough, and and then there's a bunch of time where things break down. Yeah, and then you're in trouble. So, I to me it was just a lot of breakdowns, lots of uh, space for for a bunch of their players, and Lamar just shoot them up. I mean, there's just you know. Kudos to him. He played a great game. Uh, probably the best game he's played in a while. He's played really good this year. And they've just been coming into this game. They've been disjointed at times and they've lost games to teams that you wouldn't think they would lose to. And right. You know, uh, but still, you know, I'll, I'll I'll own my part of it. I did not think that there was I didn't think the Lions would come out and look like that. Both, you know, both sides of the ball. Golf looked to me, look, he looked like he was very, very rattled. Um, there were times where, you know, whether I mean, pressure is a thing for golf. We know this, right? Yeah. So, you know, going back to like New England last year and Dallas last year, um, pressure really is problematic for him, just like it is for for most quarterbacks. But in that particular game, it was strange. Like his his ability to even handle the ball was was very impacted where you could see whether, you know, fluttering passes. Um, I think he was, he was feeling very hurry, hurried and panicked. Yeah. And he was just, there were moments where he was just like, I, I want to get rid of the ball. Ball's got to come out. But like, you could see him kind of fumbling around with it and they were just off, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to ride a ton of catches, all that stuff. But what you, what did you see? Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm with you defensively. They played a lot of just like kind of off man coverage in a sense, and guys like Odell Beckham had the best game of the year for himself. You know, he had five receptions for like 50 yards, and Nelson Aguilar had a touchdown. And um, you know, Zay Flowers did what Zay Flow- what I thought Zay Flowers was going to do. He was going to create a bunch of separation. He was going to run the routes viciously like he does. But when I saw in the pregame that Jerry Jacobs wasn't going to be able to go, that's when I knew we were in trouble because he was not on the injury report yeah. all week until like Friday. And basically, I think, or maybe Saturday, and we basically woke up Sunday and found out he got hurt in like a non-contact way. So so what's his I, status right now? As of now, I think he's still questionable. Okay. So right. I don't know. Sorry to interrupt. But no, yeah, you're good. But but like that's concerning because when we get into the Raiders part, we're going to be talking about one of the the best wide receivers in football and Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and those types of things. But like Will Harris is playing out of position. He can be a nickel covering the slot when you need him to, but ultimately he's to me more of like a box safety in a sense. I don't know if I would have him as a deep safety. Um I, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm concerned in the fact that if Jerry Jacobs can't go, I, I just think with this defense, they, they've got to find ways to to press these receivers that they start playing against. And I understand keeping stuff in front of you, but 
if you keep having stuff in front of you, what happened uh, against Baltimore is going to keep happening moving forward because what it seemed like for Lamar was they wanted to keep him in the pocket and they did at times, but like the, the defensive tackles were just plugging the A gaps or B gaps and they weren't, you know, really pressuring the pocket and Hutch and whoever the edge rusher was playing opposite did everything that he could as far as like getting depth. And sometimes he would just play undisciplined. And I think that was the problem. Hutch was so undisciplined off the edge at times. That's why the read option worked. That's why, you know, Lamar was able to extend a play at times, or he was able to just, you know, have a, a perfect RPO and it was a quick slant or whatever. So I, I don't know. It was it was concerning. We got to own it. I mean, we we look like a couple of bozos right now um, with just not taking that game the way that we should have. <laughs> a couple of couple of jackasses. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, we're not the ones out there playing. And, and you mentioned Jared Goff. We switched to the offensive side of the football. He was off, man. He was just off. He he was holding onto the ball too long. He was getting rid of it too quickly. His timing was off. Um, it felt like there were times that he was staring down a route deep down the field and he'd have Amon Ra wide open underneath. And then there were times where it was like almost like a gadget play, like, a you know, JMO, I, I wrote an article today on lionswire.com about Jamison Williams and, and his film review. And he, he dropped the ball on an orbit motion. And he like, I, I don't think Goff understands truly how fast JMO is. So I yeah. think the timing is off because he didn't place the ball right. But at the same time, JMO didn't run the route the right way. Like he just he didn't he didn't pace himself correctly in the route, so he only was able to get the one hand on it. So I don't know. I, I just that's like that's the the thing that maybe I was most worried about offensively is just that JMO or that golf. Um, you know, as we know, is, is pressured outside and those types of things. It just is like is is the secret out on golf are people understanding you know the play action is it because they don't have montgomery like what is causing the what caused this struggle or was it just an off day is it a good quarterback having an off day which let's be honest every quarterback has one jalen hurts had one against the jets two weeks ago brock purdy had one and he might just be a system quarterback golf might just be a system quarterback but brock purdy wins football games he had an off game against minnesota he had an off game the week before against the browns so that's yeah. where I'm at with golf, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, you know, it, it's not going to take anybody a real long, t- a lot of time to figure out uh, my opinion on golf when the when the trade happened, and you know, some of the stuff that's gone on. Um, I did think that I don't know if we've talked about this or not because I'm old and I don't remember. <clears throat> but I did think that there was a touch of upside and unknown with golf when you when he comes here. From the Rams, simply because McVay just refused to allow him to grow as a quarterback. So I, it's almost like, you know, you got a kid in your house and you do everything for him because you don't trust him. And then they leave your house and they, they can't figure out like, hey, what... What the fuck is this laundry? But ma- I, I mean, sorry. What is this laundry machine, and what do I do with it? You know what I mean. Yeah. So I think with Goff coming here, there was a little bit of that where, because he hadn't really had to learn much with McVeigh, there was if he does progress and grow, there was some of that. 
obviously mm-hmm. he's done that and he's and he's really stepped up but the limitations are there um and you know they should still extend him they should you know if if, if they're if they're all in on him and that's fine it's just i think that being around football and just understanding, you know, looking at him and, and what he does really well, which is throw the in-breaking stuff over the middle of the field. If you can, if you have the skill, if you have the skill position guys to take that away and pressure him and then force him to throw the ball kind of outside the numbers, I think you can really limit him and and how he can hurt you. Yeah. And Baltimore did that. And I think if we looked at what Dallas did, we could say that, you know, pressure with Dallas was what was more of a problem than say Baltimore with Parsons coming off the edge and Demarcus Lawrence and all those dudes. Um, but New England, same thing. Like they have, they have the 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 you know the safeties and the defensive backs to be able to sort of st- to clog up the middle and force them, you know, to to make throws he just doesn't want to make. Right. And then there's a lack of trust and hesitation, like you mentioned holding the ball too long at times. Yeah. And then feeling a little panicky about I got to get the ball out, you know, all that stuff. It doesn't take away from what he's done uh in the last season and a half here. He's been he has been a really really good quarterback. But it it's just it's a recognition of what his limitations are as a player and how as we progress we as the Lions progress you know, through the season, these games are going to get more important. And when, you know, when you go up against a team like Dallas later in the season, that's going to be a big test for them. Yeah. And golf specifically. So, you know, um, I, I'm going to own, I'm going to own, you know, everything that I said that was nonsense (laughs) last week. And I'm going to cross my fingers and I'm going to hope I don't say any nonsense this week because I'm going to have, hopefully, I'm educable and I can have learned a little. So I'm not going to approach things. I mean, in the end, we're, we're people who we, we watch football, we're draft guys. Um, just because we're making it, it's not, it's not like there's a secret about this stuff. We're just a couple people with opinions. So right. sometimes we're wrong and yeah. we, and it doesn't, I mean, like it doesn't have to be so serious about what we're saying or what we're talking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're wrong about all kinds of shit all the time. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? So, um, just so we, just so everybody's on board with like, you know, we're just kind of throwing out ideas and, you know, yeah. I mean, and sometimes it's, it's, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you're, well, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're not flinging. I say this as if we're about to, we're going to have a little segment later. That's called a tease in the business. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to fling some shit on the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah. But generally, I don't think we're, uh, you know, that's not our approach to to what we're, you know, what we're looking at, what we're doing. And I think, you know, it's just that there are going to be moments where, you know, they're going to lay an egg. We're not going to have seen, like last year, the game against Carolina was another one of those where it's like, wow, I did not see that coming. Yeah. I saw it coming as the game was, as the, you know, the, we're in the middle of the first quarter and they cannot defend the run. And the way they were, they were, the way they were trying to defend the run was just failing already. Um, so that's what that felt like. And, and Hey, kudos to Baltimore. They played a really good time, uh, a game against, uh, w- what is a really good team. And they, they destroyed the lions in that game yeah. in every way. So, you know, um, 
Yeah, no, they, they did. I mean, Justin Matabuke, the defensive tackle, you know, he came out of Texas A&M a few years ago. He had the game of his life against the Lions. I mean, he was consistently penetrating the backfield. If he wasn't doing that, he was dropping as a mid-hook defender. Kyle Van Noy played very well. I like. I love that guy. <laughs> I do. I for his long. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. It didn't bother me that he was productive. I've I've always loved his game, and that's another story. I'm sure people who have have looked around at at the stuff I've said for years will laugh at that because, like, I have a problem with BYU players. I really do. It's the helmet. Like, it's just like I see the helmet and I just lose. I just lose my mind. There's a guy from BYU right now. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, you must have been a, a big Ty Detmer guy. I don't remember being a Ty Detmer guy, but the whole thing, uh, <laughs> the whole thing starts with Ziggy Ansah. And yeah. it's like every year, almost every year, I can find myself falling into the trap <laughs> yep. of BYU prospect. And happens, it's happening. Kingsley Suamataya is awesome. I, you've mentioned him uh, yep. off air on him and, and he'll... Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do something like that for the bye week next week. Maybe we'll we'll talk a little draft stuff or something just to kind yeah. of mix it in. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to kind of cap it off with golf, if there's any team right now, I think of the NFL that needs a bye week, it's the Detroit Lions. And I think it would help Jared Goff. I think it would help the rapport and the timing with his receivers like Jamison Williams, who we're going to talk about briefly here in a second. And, and then just you know, really Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, I know he's being productive. I know he's catching passes, but he looks off. And I yeah. think it's the calf injury. And like just watching the All-22, like when he, earlier in the year, when he was breaking in and out of his routes, even just his release off the line of scrimmage, his lateral movement was so impressive for a rookie. But since that calf injury has happened, he has not been necessarily the same guy. And, and that's to be uh, expected, right? I mean, that's just how it works for um, a rookie. You type see him winding a little burst? Is that what's happening? Yeah, that's what it just looks like. I mean, there was a route um, on like third down against the Ravens. It might have been somewhere in the second or third quarter. He ran an out route. He was at like six or seven yards. It was like third and four, third and five. And he just, once he moved, it was like everything was in slow motion and the safety was in his hip pocket and it was it was over, and it was an incompletion, and whatever. Golf had to throw it low, and I think that's the thing. Golf's not trying to make mistakes, so he's misplacing some of these passes. And you know, probably the person he's been misplacing passes with the most has been Jamison Williams. I mean, he's had six targets on Sunday against the Ravens. He had nothing to show for it, no catches. The first um, first drive of the game, it was third down. He ran the out route. It was like a ten yard out, or maybe a ten yard kind of comeback hitch route, and he caught the ball, but he was out of bounds when he caught it, and yeah. he didn't get both feet in. And you just go down the list later in the game. I mean, he had the the ball bounce off his helmet, um, which we can talk briefly about. I felt like that was more so DPI, and it didn't get called. I felt like the, the defender was there early. Um, but what's your take on JMO? I mean, do we got to continue to be patient with him? Is your patience running thin? What's the expectations for the fans right now on JMO? Well, I think the expectations for fans are – significantly more than what's being than what he's what he's showing as far as production goes there are times there are you know um Devontae Adams is a good example of a receiver who did who does take a little time right so you know uh sometimes 
especially at that position, playing the outside position and the way they're using him with these these deep vertical shots. And so, I, yeah, that I mean, that pass hits him in the face mask or the helmet, whatever it is. And I'm with you. I think his I think his right arm got impeded as he's getting his arm up. But I don't think it matters so much because his his hands are coming up late. Yes. If you know, if if he's if, if there's no defender there, I don't know that he catches that pass anyway. Right. Um. So it just seems like he and Goff are not in sync. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I mean, for as great as it was two weeks ago, that that you know the adjusted the uh, the body control and all the stuff he showed, tracking all that stuff. You know, I think you see that and you see that splashy stuff and you think, okay, we're coming, like we're, we're getting there. And then it's just, it's a big step back. And I think that's kind of like Ben Johnson's talked about that. We got to keep stacking good days on top of one another. Um, One thing I, the only, I'm not totally panicked on Jameson. And I, and I saw this a little bit on the, after the game is some people talking about him as a track guy in, in football pads. And I think it's so um, unfair and not at all uh, what he is as a player. Like players, if you're just a track guy wearing football pads, you don't you don't wreck shit in uh, on special teams at Alabama like he did. Right. You don't if you're not doing that unless you unless you love playing football. So the concept of him just being a speed guy and that's it. I, I just think that's. That's not fair, right? Uh, for what he is as a player, but I, but I also think that the Lions could do Ben Johnson and the Lions could do a better job of of making things easier for him, run crossing routes with him. Yep. So that way you're not talking about these big deep vertical plays. Let him run with the ball in his hands. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. So so I mean I guess that's where I am. I you know I want to see more. Just like and we we thought we thought it was coming. I think that that's an element of they tried, right? So, so, I mean, they did try to get the ball down the field to him, but there's just something off around that. Um, but I, by no means am I like, you know, is there a, is there any panic on, from what I'm seeing? I just think that patience is not necessarily going to be a great thing for this fan base, especially at five and two, you know, after this week going into the bye. All right, it's been you know what's it been a season and a half kind of thing where, you know, so let's start to see some of this stuff. And I, you know, to me, I think we've seen some splash, uh, but the between the drops and the lack of them being in sync together, I can understand why some people are really potentially out on him right now. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not, and I would, and I think that it's, I, I hope that you know he continues to progress. Where I mean, where are you with him? No, I'm I'm with you. I, I I'm not out on him at all. I mean, is my patience running thin? Absolutely, but he's only played nine games, and you know, for some of those games, I, six of those games last year, it was coming off of a torn ACL. I mean, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. The drops are definitely frustrating. You know, four drops in nine career games, according to Pro Football Reference. But when you just look at the snap counts, I mean, I don't have the snap numbers in front of me um, because for whatever reason they're not pulling up. But, um, you know, just when you look at it, we know he's been on kind of like a a snap count or snap watch in a sense. Like they didn't rush him onto the field so far to start this year or last year. 
And I think part of that might be because of just they know he's not ready, so they're not trying to put him in a position to fail. But you know, you got to start using them because Marvin Jones has left the team and they've let him go. And, you know, hopefully everything personal wise for him and, and Marvin Jones, everything sorts that self out and it, it works out for him. But I think ultimately, you know, the Lions are, are starting to get where, you know, they're getting impatient in a sense, like, hey, yeah. we drafted you 12th overall. We moved up. We need, we you, need you. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, this is a good bounce back week for him against the Raiders at Monday night at the home field. So maybe he can do that. Um, and if not, you know, he better be busting his tail on his bye week. I better not go to social media and see, you know, him in Cabo, right? Like, I mean, it, do, do I think a player should get a vacation? Absolutely. But you're also a player that was suspended early in the year. Again, you, didn't, you only played six games last year. I need, I need to see that you're putting in some type of work, uh, even when you're off. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. How it goes, they played him a lot as an X receiver. They would come out in trips right and empty sets, and he would play as the X, and they would just run him deep. I'm with you. Run him on a crosser. Put him in, in Amon Ra on a crosser, him in Laporta on a crosser, and yeah. somebody's bound to be open there. So I don't know. I, I hope they, they start doing something. And I think, again, and I've been saying this, I, I think they're just waiting to really unleash him when they are fully staffed offensively. And yeah, I agree. I think I think we could look at a player like Jalen Waddle and take a little bit away from from what his remember his first year in Miami. It was like, dude, averaged like nine yards a catch, right? You know, and and the Lions have approached JMO completely one eighty from that. Like, yeah. he they want forty and fifty yard catches, and you know, Waddle uh, caught a bunch of stuff in the short to intermediate game, and I and I think that. I think that Lions would be – I know they have Amon Ra for this. So, this is a little bit where, you know, um, they'd have to get super creative in doing some of these things. But I just – the idea of letting him line up maybe out of the slot, whatever it is, and then run like a, you know, a 10-yard and then and come all the way across the field and just hit him on the run, nobody's staying with him. Right. Nobody is. So if you can just if you just clear some space for him, I think you're fine. I think it's much easier to do that than it is to try to hit these bombs. But you know, um, there's a level of trust and understanding that they do know what they're doing. So you know, uh, we just we need to we want to see more from him. Uh, the drops and some of the lack of sync stuff. You know, like watching him get hit in the helmet. That's just a bad look. Right. It is, and it's hard to it's hard to justify it. And then, and then you can understand the fans being f- super frustrated by it. Yeah, like yeah, I get it, I get it, totally get it. But yep. you know, well, let's we need to just we need to give it just a little more time. Yes, and I'm with the fans that are on the deep routes that say you know he needs to get his head around quicker or correctly. I completely agree, and I will also say this: that's all. That's just as much on the quarterback as it is on the receiver. The the quarterback is in charge, and he has to lead a young receiver like that the correct way and tell him, hey, I'm going to be throwing this to your outside shoulder. Turn your head to the outside, not the inside. Because he did drop a touchdown. It hit off his hands because he looked inside rather than outside. And he yeah. had everything. He got somewhat lucky against Tampa Bay, not so lucky against Baltimore. So I, I think if they can- Dude, I thought that Tampa throw was a bad throw. I agree. I and completely agree. Like, so that's some of some of it. Like, how do you- you can't, you know, you can. 
it's a it's a big play. It's a huge play in that game that helps them win that game. But it's not necessarily a good throw. It's it's a you know it's a bad throw against the leverage that the defender had. Mm-hmm. Um, he made an incredible uh, you know I mean he he really did make an incredible catch there to adjust himself and, and to get into position to to catch that ball. But you're a hundred percent right. This is not just a Jameson Williams thing. This is a golf thing too. And that was my worry when they when they drafted him was are they really drafting Jamison Williams for Jared Goff? Right? Like the, it, and it's reminiscent of like what Brandon Cooks was with the Rams when he was there for the what however long he was there. It just didn't work. Right. And I, you know, that's why I would love to see them get him involved in in a little more target volume, but with some shorter stuff to just, hey, pitch and catch run. Right. right. And, and just run, run, you know. Right. Um, but, you know, that's a tough that's a tough thing because they do. They already have Amon Ross super productive doing that stuff. And you have Laporta, you know, pretty effective doing that stuff in similar parts of the field. So I understand that they're playing him as the X and they want him clearing out space and they want to take shots. And I totally get all that stuff. I just don't think those are super efficient targets. So. You know, if you have a player who might be frustrated and a quarterback who might be frustrated that they're not on the same page, throwing inefficient targets to to that player and forcing them together there, I think is probably not great. But that's that's way up the food chain from from me and whatever you know. But you you understand what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. you know, if if there's any frustration level there, adding more frustration is probably just not a great mix right now. Right. And and I will say, and I'll and I'll end it on, on my take on this for, you know, JMO. Sometimes it almost feels like maybe they should reverse the roles of him and Josh Reynolds. You know, if they come out in a trips formation, he aligns inside and places that slot receiver to the trip side, and Josh Reynolds aligns as the X, have Josh Reynolds run deep in clear space and then put JMO kind of on that deep over or even a shallow cross or whatever. Yeah. And maybe JMO will catch that and and He'll have all the space in the world. And if you want to throw it deep to Josh Reynolds, well, there's probably nobody nobody with better rapport than Josh Reynolds and Jared Goff because of their time together over the years. So yeah, I, I feel like Josh Reynolds as an X to, to either go up and get the ball or adjust to a football. I feel a little bit more confident in him doing that on a vertical route than Jamison Williams right now. I feel like with J-Mo, it's you don't you cannot go through your traditional three-step drop and underthrow him a ball. You have to get it and just sling it. And the yeah. same thing happened with that orbit motion like I talked about. It was a three-step drop. I don't know why you would put an orbit motion screen with a three-step drop. I don't know. I'm not a I'm yeah. not an NFL coach, but I, I felt like that was a little interesting. So we'll see what they tweak. They got the Raiders, um, and, and we'll see how it goes for JMO on this one because it's Monday Night Football. I mean, yeah. It, Raiders are coming in. They, you know, they they played uh, the Bears pretty tight. I thought from the the early portion of the film I've watched, I've watched half of it so far. Um, a lot of Devontae Adams, a lot of Jacoby Myers. That's what I can expect for the Raiders' offense, and they'll sprinkle in Michael Mayer and yeah. Josh Jacobs. But what's what's kind of your your spin here with the Raiders? What should we expect? Is this the trap game that we're thinking about all year? To me, that's how I feel. I feel like this could be a little trappy. Um. It would be super disappointing if they fell in if the if you performed the way you did at Baltimore and then fell into a trap on Monday Night Football against this team. So they're not. So 
Vegas is not running the ball effectively at all. Uh, I want to say Jacobs is like under three yards a carry right now. Um, I hope I'm not making that up, but I'll look it up for you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's t- like, to me, it's a lot of Devonte Adams. Yeah. Who's a very, very, uh, almost unstoppable player. Jacoby Myers is similar, a super sharp, efficient route runner. Um, outside of that, it's mayor with some, with some tug. He had a good game, I think two weeks ago. I don't know what he did last week. He looked, he looks good though. He, you know, he looks like he's moving pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, I don't think we're going to see Garoppolo. I think it's going to be Purdue's Aiden O'Connell. I would think might may get the start there, and then it's just can you pressure him and force? Like we talked about this, you know, we've talked about this repeatedly, and it's going to be. I mean, it's just you know, it's a football thing. Can you force the quarterback to be uncomfortable? Um, he's a rookie quarterback, so yeah, you know, is and is he going to be perfectly perfectly in sync with his guys? Probably not perfectly in sync, but I think that there's opportunities for them to get right. So I'm I don't I'm not looking at it. I just talked about all this the the, the cockiness of last week. I'm not viewing this as a trap game. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty confident about this one. So you know everybody should go put money on the uh, the Raiders money line right now. Um, no, I I mean I just I think that it matches up well for. I was going to check. Yeah, I was it matches up pretty well for Detroit. <laughs> Let me know what the number is. Um, I just, you know, I don't think that you have to. They're going to try to run. They're going to they're try to get Jacobs involved, but I don't know that they're all they're they're not doing it effectively to this point. And then you throw in possibly rookie quarterback, and yeah, Devontae Adams is a is a nightmare of a receiver. But you know, this this is one of those games where I, you know you think that Ford Field being really loud. Gives the D line a bit of an advantage. Hutchinson could have multiple sacks. You could see, you know, you could see them harassing um, Vegas's offense and just making it difficult. Right. And then it's a matter of what are, what do they look like on offense? And then, you know, really there, it's what do you do to limit what Max Crosby is doing? Because he's really he's. I mean, he's producing a bunch of of their pressures, and they're not getting a they're not getting a ton from like Tyree Wilson right now. Um, he's going to take a little time, but they're just you know there's not a lot of production happening outside that. So I think I I truly think that the Lions' offense should be okay here. Um, but you know, having said that, it's it you know they got to keep golf comfortable and in rhythm. That's yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. So when he's in rhythm and comfortable, he's a very good quarterback. Yeah. And and their their weapons will produce. I thought Gibbs looked really good last week. Um in a in a variety of ways. We're still we're still waiting for the huge splash play. Maybe right. we see that Monday. Yeah, it could be, right? I mean, it kind of gets you back to the days of job at best against the Bears, right? Like that would be like mm-hmm. the whole, whole thing, a long 80-yard run or something like that. Um as long as he doesn't get a concussion afterwards, that'd be great. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, the, the number on Vegas is eight. It's an eight-point spread right now. Um, I don't know what it opened up as, but uh, you're, you're right. Josh Jacobs averaging under three yards per carry. He's at 2.9. He has not been very effective. Um, and they're trying everything to get that run game going. And yeah. they showed it against the Bears. They came out in the power eye from like their own 25. They're, they're doing anything that they can do. 
And really, I mean, the Lions kind of showed that a little bit against the Ravens, not a power eye, but they had Malcolm Rodriguez aligned as a fullback. Like they're, yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah. they're doing whatever they can to, to try to protect. And I, I hope they do kind of what, um, if, if they're going to come out and empty or, you know, a, a, a trips or a, a two by two of the Lions, I'm talking, they need, they need to bring a running back or a Malcolm Rodriguez or a tight end like a Brock Wright or something and do exactly what LSU used to do for Joe Burrow and give him six-man protection. And that might be something if, if they're going to have to worry about you know the Raiders' Max Crosby, because outside of Crosby, this team does not get a ton of pressure. They're 15th in the league with a 34% pressure rate, according to Sports Info Solution. But the guy that leads the league in pressure rate right now is Max Crosby outside of Aiden Hutchinson. So like if they can find a way to slow that down, whether it's Brock Wright, or again, a Malcolm Rodriguez or something, just a bigger body to get in front of him. Cool. And a Rodrigo's kind of chipping him. Yeah. Huh? Just kind of chipping him or or just yeah, chipping him or, or just kind of setting up in the pocket yeah. um, and, and trying to find a way to slow him down so Goff can stay in rhythm, like you mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, am I overly concerned on paper? No. But like just on my drive today, I was thinking about it. I'm like, this better not be one of those that gets the Lions to five and three and they just end up laying an egg because it's Monday night against the Raiders and they think like, oh, we got this one in the bag. But Dan Campbell's comments indicate something completely different. Like, yeah. it sounds like they're going to come out and just beat the living crap out of it. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, offensively, the Raiders don't do much to like scare you as far as you know, who they have outside of, again, Devontae Adams, who's going to get his. He's going to get eight or nine receptions in this game, especially yeah. if Jerry Jacobs is out. Um, yeah. He's not going to get Cam Sutton on him all the time, um, but they don't run a lot of shotgun. They're the second uh, most frequent team in the league at, at 45% under center rate. So they're going to run under center a lot. And I, I think it's just one of those, they're going to try to run it. When they can't get that, they're going to play action it. And I'm not worried about the run game. So if if they can find a way to slow down Devontae Adams on offense and Max Crosby on defense, the Lions should win this game, I think, in a pretty convincing fashion. Yeah. You know, 31-17, 31-14, 28-14, something like that. They should win uh, just fine. Um, I, yeah. I, we'll and it would be nice to have have a, a – like, you know, we saw we saw them kind of beat up Carolina pretty good. We saw the same kind of thing against Tampa – you know, let's get out of this game healthy. You know, you get your get your win healthy going into the bye. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, huge time to have a bye. You get Montgomery coming, you know, coming back out of the bye. Maybe Laporta's, you know, got the juice in his legs back, and 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 then it's a, you know, it's kind of a race to the end of the season. But definitely a good time to have it. It's uh, you know, I so I, I know we mentioned this earlier, but like. Do we think the Lions need to add a piece? I definitely do. And I think their window is is now for the next couple of years. Um, there are some big names out there. And there are some players I think that would be super dynamic for the Lions to, to go after. One of them we've been talking about is Max Crosby. <laughs> but, you know, and I, and it, you know, you'd be almost, you know, are you, would you be satisfied giving up, say, two first round picks. And I know that sounds like a lot, but realistically you should be drafting in the mid twenties for the next however long. Yeah. 
I have no issues giving up two first rounders for that guy and right. pairing him with Hutchinson and saying, go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of help your secondary that way because you're getting a lot of pressure. So, defensive backs don't have to cover as long. And I know that, you know, you can use a defensive back too. But so, like, so this is just going to be a little bit as we wrap this up. Like, the trade deadline, I want to say, is Tuesday. Yeah. Um, are you expecting anything? And if you are, what are what are you thinking, like name wise or position wise? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, for the fans out there that follow us, obviously, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft at Bischoff underscore Scott. Let us know what you think. We'll spark that conversation before you can drop in the comments below up the video. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't expect the splashy wings like Brian Bowen. I would be a little defied to see with Max Bobby. Yeah, it is interesting, though, that, you know, the report this morning was Hunter Renfro's name is being brought up a lot uh, across the league. And I'm not saying the Lions need a receiver, but it wouldn't be bad to add another weapon to the offense. And you get a look at this guy on Monday. Who's to say he even gets on the plane <laughs> to go back to Vegas? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not saying you you throw the farm out there and, and give up first round picks for Hunter Renfro. But if you feel like it's a complement to your offense to just help support JMO and Josh Reynolds and ASB, cool, go for it. Um, yeah, I I'm looking defensively as far as defensive back. That's what I'm looking at. I think there's two names that are really interesting. Uh, Pro Football Focus dropped an article either this morning or last night um, as far as like ten trades that could be made. And they brought the Lions into the mix on an interesting one to the Carolina Panthers because they are the only winless football team in the NFL. Uh, but it was Dante Jackson. And yeah. the Cowboys. They need first rounders. They yeah. Well, and it wasn't, they didn't even give up a, fir- a first rounder. They gave up a 2024 fourth round pick and a 2025 sixth round pick for Dante Jackson. Now, I don't know what that value looks like. I don't, and I personally don't care. But yeah. we're, we're looking at a player that's been in the league for five, six years, and he's been consistent over the course of his career. He'd be a great number two in this defense, and he would be a, a great fit alongside Cam Sutton. It would allow, I think, Jerry Jacobs to go to maybe more of a natural spot in the slot. Yeah. Um, and we could run a little bit more nickel and dime stuff with our defense. And I, I just, I think Dante Jackson's super interesting. And that would be like the big name for me. I know that doesn't move the needle. No, it does because it's a huge, it is a huge need. Think about if Sutton gets hurt, where are you on defense? Or if if Jacobs is out for a while or gets banged, what do you mean? Like, or gets banged up. Like you really need you you really need boundary corners. You do. Yeah. And you can't ever have too many of those guys. Yeah. Um, so you know, that's that's to me, it's it's pass rusher or defensive back. And they play in they kind of tie in together if you're if you're better in the back end it allows your your pass rushers to get home gives them more time to get there yep. if you're better in on the d line you know everything everything speeds up so you don't have to cover as long in the back end so you know in a perfect world it's adding a cornerback at a inexpensive cost um i don't know i don't know if they're in on this guy or not but i obviously everybody's talking about chase young right Yep. Um, being available, but but I wonder about Montez Sweat. Yeah, like, you know he's an un, he's a he's unrestricted free agent after this season. I think this is his his last year on his rookie deal. So, 
it would definitely be a move that you'd have to give up. You'd have to give up a lot for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'd then be signing him to a very, to a long-term deal. But is that a player that you'd want to pair with Hutchinson? To me, Hutchinson and Chase Young are are similar-ish where, you know, I don't know if that's, that's a great fit, but, but I think Montez Sweat is more of a power uh, edge presence, uh, more speed to power rusher. Yeah. And I, yeah, I like that. I like that fit. Now, I don't know how much you would have to give up for him. It would be significantly less costly than, than a Max Crosby kind of a deal. Um, but either of those where it'd, it'd be like, yeah, I'm all, I'm all about it. I think that helps them a ton. Um, that's a splashier name than Dante Jackson. But, you know, are they, do they view themselves in, in a bit of a winning window for the next couple seasons? And if so, they really should be pushing their chips in. And trying to, you know, fill holes where where last week. And if this is the only thing I would say that we we could take as a positive from last week is there is an urgency, or there should be an urgency to recognize what your flaws are and what you're missing, and to go and to go f- not fix that, but at least try to shore it up. Yeah. So you know, if we take, I'm all about finding the positives, even sometimes in the face of. Of uh, you know, an ass kicking like that, mm-hmm. but hey, if you need if you need another uh, veteran type corner, go get it. If yeah. you need another pass rusher, now's the time. I mean, it's a really good time. You know, if the Baltimore game happens after the deadline, you're kind of stuck. Oh, right. I didn't see this coming, but no, you saw it. We saw it. So you yeah. s- you see where where the, some of their holes are. So yeah, um, you know, I you know, I'm sure there are other players that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just under 1,700 dudes in the NFL. So, yeah, well, I mean, you look at you look at Denver, right? I mean, like they they're being labeled as a team that's going to sell, and it, I mean, they've been rumored all the last several weeks that they're going to move Patrick Sertan and and um, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, so on and so forth. I don't know who they're going to move per se. Um, yeah. I, I would assume Jerry Judy's going to potentially be that guy, just simply because his name's been brought up the most. I don't think they're going to trade anybody else personally. Um, I don't think you sell the whole roster, but you never know. And I don't think the Lions would go out and get Jerry Judy. If they're going to go get another you know, defensive back or a defensive player, a lower level or lower name guy is from the Giants, Darnay Holmes. Um, they kind of restructured his deal to keep him on the roster. He's played 30 snaps this year. Like yeah. They're not playing him. If there's any team out there that can get the most bang for their buck, whether it's a fifth or sixth round pick, I think it would be Detroit. And I'm not saying Darnay Holmes is going to take them over the edge, but if you're looking for depth or competition at the cornerback spot because you lost Emmanuel Mosley, this might be one of those good deals where you bring him in, he plays up to par, maybe you give him a one or two year deal, you know, prove a deal after this season, and you kind of cut your losses with Emmanuel Mosley. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking outside the box. No, I mean, I think it's smart because, you know, some of it is you just can never have too many of those guys. Like, you yeah. always need help there. Yep. Um, and I think that just for me, kind of just summarizing it with the with the trade deadline coming up is we have seen um, – and now I don't know how much we want to we give to Brad Holmes in the Rams conversation of things, but they did, they did give up multiple first-rounders for Brandon Cooks when they needed, when they needed something on offense. Right. And we're rec- and rec- like, all right, let's, let's be aggressive and go get it. We need it. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. So 
it's not, you know, he's been a part of a, of a front office that has been bold and aggressive and did give up future assets to go get very established, very, very good NFL player. Yeah. So I know I can feel, I can, and it's hurting, it's, it's tearing me up inside. <laughs> the people's, people's eyes rolling about this whole trade deadline conversation. I can feel it, but I think we have to look at what, what the Rams have done in the past. Yeah. And, and recognize that they are willing to move picks for an established dude. Yeah. And, you know, think about moving two first round picks for Max Crosby and bringing them here, what that does for your team, yeah. you know, or Patrick Sertan, I would never, I just don't think there's any chance that Denver would trade him. He's, he's only 24. Right. Like they're, I know everybody wants picks and all this stuff, but man, would that that just would be like <laughs> that would be the ultimate move. It really would be. You gave up on maybe one of the game's best corners, who's twenty four years old, for a few picks in the twenties. Right. Um, but still, everybody loves their first round picks, and it's you know that's a way to use those first round picks is to go get a player that can help you right now. So I don't think you know I'm, I'm not saying it's above. I think what you brought up. In uh, the Carolina corner is a lot more reasonable than what I brought up. Well, 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 welcome aboard if you haven't been paying attention. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I think that, you know, we there's I, I'm not expecting a swing for the fences, but right. it just wouldn't be something that stuns me if they do. That's all. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's 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 always worth having the conversation because you just don't know. Like most years, the trade deadline is dull. It's boring in the NFL. You get two, maybe three moves, but last year it felt like everybody was selling the farm and they were selling picks and last year's draft wasn't that great. So this year's draft is expected to be much more better. Maybe that's why teams aren't going to be selling draft picks this year. So are are you on board with with that concept? Because I 100% am. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think if if you feel like it's going to be a bad year and you know, like, hey, by the time I get to my fourth, fifth and sixth round pick, there's not going to be much to pick from. I can get a, a veteran player, a player that I know I have pro scouts that are watching him daily or weekly or whatever. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take a swing at this guy and I'm going to give him a one-year deal and I'm not going to have to worry about the four-year rookie contract for a player that might not be what I thought he was going to be because he's a 21-year-old immature kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. take a swing on the 25-year-old that's been in the league, he's established and he just needs that change. And I think yeah, that's for sure. And I, I just, I just think the first round, specifically this in this class, it's it's as good a first round as. Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting group. There are there are tons of really long tackles. Yeah, there are uh, obviously the quarterback class is relatively loaded up. Um, yeah. Well, and you bring it up by itself, out, right? But yeah, well, and you bring up Patrick Sertan, you bring up Max Crosby. I think anybody in the right mind would give up a first round pick this year, depending on where that first round pick is. We're talking Detroit, so in the twenties, maybe late teens at worst case scenario, uh, you you would give up that pick for a Crosby or a Sertan. But if we're talking about Montez Sweat or Chase Young, I don't know if I'm giving up that first round pick. A two, you, right? Or two of those for that? I, would, no, I wouldn't. I, I would think that Montez Sweat or Chase Young. It wouldn't require a first round pick. I think it'd be like a second and a fifth kind of deal. Exactly. And 
So, and maybe that's what Detroit would be interested in doing, or maybe that's what a team will be interested in doing. I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll obviously see. And and when we record next Wednesday or Thursday, whenever we do our our next show after the Raiders um, game, we'll kind of know exactly where we stand as far as the trade deadline. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. There's much else to get into. I mean, we could go team by team, but that there's no, there's no, no. There's just too many. There's too many players. It's too. There's too much up in the air. I just think it's. I just wanted to kind of touch on it because we have seen the Rams do this stuff. There are players and on teams where you know that. Um, you know, are you are teams all in on Caleb Williams? Yeah, that's a thing. But yep. JJ McCarthy's on the rise. That should be a thing. You know, uh, Michael Penix is on the rise. Then there, then you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. You've got uh, Brock Bowers. You've got a bunch of tackles. You've got some interior defensive players. You've got some edge players. There's obviously always corners. It's 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 going to be a really good class. And you know, like. I can see first, teams wanting a piece yeah. of that, like yeah. assets to be able to use to get up there to grab what they like. You know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we will. Um, but you know, that's it. That's the Raiders preview. That's the Ravens fallout. That's the trade deadline. Um, Sorry yeah. about the Ravens, guys. We 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 dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, we did, and it's okay. Uh, yeah. I think we'll I think we'll pick up and, and do the right thing here with the Raiders, and I think we'll we'll be good moving forward. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll have a fun show next week with the bye week. Like I said, maybe a little draft stuff, maybe a little look ahead on the season schedule um, and, and maybe some trade deadline fallout stuff if there's anything. But if yeah. you guys want more of this podcast or any of our podcasts here at the Detroit Lions Podcast Network, uh, you can give us a rating, a review. You can subscribe to the show, however you get your podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. Be sure to do that. And of course, you guys need to smash the follow button on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft, at Bischoff underscore Scott. Give us a follow. We love talking ball with you guys. So rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Give us a follow. Uh, Until next time, that's Scott. I'm Russ. This is the Detroit Lions podcast with Bischoff and Brown. Let's bring it in here together. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.